You've reached Hoop and Holler, a Square One podcast. I had to go to CBA school, salary cap school, and tampering school. Can't say, hey, I want you to come to the Lakers, even though I'm going to be wink- winking like. <laughs> On basketball and other shenanigans. I mean, good for you. I mean, you probably won't get hired by, you know, ESPN anytime soon. Because <laughs> you don't have that clutch connection. I have a job to do. With Reagan Griffin Jr. Reagan, you're the best, I say, man. Hey, I say, hey, yo, Jermichael, he turns around. I'm like, you know Lakers coming for that ass this year, right? Uh-huh. Eddie Sun. Some voters just like to be contrarian, you know, whether it's for clicks, whether it's for just because they like to be contrarian. Yes, you do. That's true. I feel like Eddie going to be the type to be like, MVP? James Harden. We're not against rap. We're not against rappers. But we are against those analytics. The analytics. And Julio Martinez. Braun just frustrates me sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. You've been hyping up this game. Obviously, it's a big game. He he looks juiced for it. Bro, just score the ball. Everybody just thinks I'm a hater. That is blasphemous. And, and, and you know what's that reminiscent of? That was, you know, MVP Steph season. Oh, right? here we go. He was getting here we go. Game. All right, y'all. It's been a he great episode. Fourth quarter. But at, when it boils down, like, that's what we're here for is the yeah. basketball ball. And welcome to Hoop and Holler. I'm your host, Eddie Sun. And yes, it's me again. Wait, no, Wait something's not right. What happened? After... Was I good enough? What did I do? <laughs> I mean, so what we are doing is having these episodes two times a week now. So what we decided was that Reagan and I would trade off being hosts. And for the first time in, what, half a year now almost, I finally have the chance to occupy my natural role, which um, in my opinion, I'm better than Reagan at this. But, you know, we can debate that for another topic. Okay. Wow. Wow. You know what? I'll give you that. You might be better at me just because I'm so emphatic about my own opinions that it's hard for me to take a step back and run the show because I'm just not I'm not that type of dude I want to say stuff I don't want to ask stuff man it's not my it's not my forte but anyways okay we're not here to air our own grievances um let's talk about basketball because we're in the full swing of things in terms of playoff basketball um currently a lot of game threes going right uh, going on right now as we're recording um Let's start with this. Uh, what's like one big thing you guys have noticed that stood out to you or something that you feel really strongly about? Let's throw it out to you, Reagan, first. I feel really bad for Joel Embiid, man. And the reason is because, right, he's left stranded out there in Philadelphia right now, or should I say Orlando. No Ben Simmons, right? And we all knew that the, the tandem between Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons it's not the exactly best fit in the world. But because you have literally no one else on the court who can really do anything, right? Tobias Harris, he's up and down. Al Horford's been all but ineffective. They're really just clamping down on him, right? They'll throw Tice or one of their bigs on him or Cancer or Grant Williams or whoever. But then they'll immediately have the help defense, whether that's Marcus Smart, whether that's Jason Tatum, whether that's Jalen Brown, immediately down there helping him. So he's essentially playing one-on-two basketball with no one to kick out to because none of the guys around him can shoot all that well. So he's really put in a position right now where it's like he's fighting an uphill battle that he'll never win, man. There's no way that he can have a successful game. And I know people like to say, well, just put your nose down and go get some buckets. But it's easier said than done, man. That Celtics team is a very good defensive team. And when you have two of those dudes thrown at you, it's really a futile effort to go try to score. You said that you felt bad for him in a way that I say I, I feel bad for a homeless man. Like, 
This man isn't dying, bro. He's not dying. He's not dying. What? He's not dying. He's not dying. As Eddie would like to say, let's not equate these things. Like, but look, hold on. All these superstars go through quote unquote no help. Kobe had no help for seven years. LeBron had no help in Cleveland. MJ had no help before the Bulls. Like, you get no special treatment here. It's fine. Just. Just play, bro. You don't need to put your head down, act like you're crying, uh, uh, put put your towel over your head. You don't need to come like come at your teammates. Oh, I need to carry this team. Stop talking all that mess and just play basketball. Stop talking. Stop talking. And, and come on now. That it's, it's like I can understand why he would be frustrated. That I'll just leave it at that. Maybe you know I'm not trying you to. Can, play you can be people. frustrated, but don't don't like like his eyes look like he's about to tear up every single game. Every every call, every call he doesn't get, it's like, oh, oh come call, bail me out. I get no help. I'm just trying to understand. So you don't, uh, you don't care about homeless people. Is that the takeaway from all? Of this? No, 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 no. I care about homeless people. What are we doing right now? <laughs> How do we get here? Hey, no, 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 no. He, like I, I said, that Reagan. I don't know. From my interpretation, like he he feels bad for Joel Embiid in the way that I feel bad for homeless people. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Okay, <laughs> I think I understand. Like this I'm man, this man you. isn't this man isn't suffer. Like he's not he's not suffering. I could have like a level of empathy that that's like less and than all, all players go through it. All, right? All all star players go through it. Well, so I'm I'm, I just feel like watching him play basketball right now. It's just like you know. That's an unfortunate situation out there. That's what that is. When I say I feel bad for him, it's not like, oh, you know, this is the worst thing to ever happen to anyone in the history of mankind. It's like, oh, that kind of sucks. I, I guess I, I guess my, my reaction isn't pointed at you. It's more pointed at him because the man looks like he's about to cry every time he steps on the floor. And that just has to stop. You can't be the leader of the team and just be, you know, having your face all like Eli Manning out here. Mm. I mean, well, let's think about it like this, because Joel Embiid, right, his first, uh, what, two years he didn't play because of injury. Then it was, um, right, his first year he played, he was good, but then he was also injured a lot. So, I mean, he's only had one year where he experienced any, like, relative, like, playoff success, which was last year, right, when they almost beat Toronto. And this year it looks like in Boston just won game three, by the way, so they're up 3-0. and You know, he's going to be out in four games. And that's what five, six years with that franchise now with not a lot of success. And we all know how talented he is that, I mean, you're kind of right, Reagan. Like he has a point to be frustrated, whether it's because of, you know, injuries to Ben Simmons. But a lot of it is just horrible roster construction by Elton Brand, terrible coaching by Brett Brown. And just like the team chemistry is all off. Everyone looks like they hate each other. Like I said last episode, I mean, I, I kind of get it. Like I do feel bad for him. Then ask for a trade. Just ask for a trade. Amen. I mean, I don't know. Just ask for a trade. It's that simple. Like, <laughs> and, and and I know Eddie, you're. I don't know if you're like against or you know for you know trying to get you know getting yourself out of a, a team, but it's that you know cut and dry. It's either going to be that next year. Or you're going to be on a different team if you want a different experience. I mean, that would be crazy, though. Imagine the dude who named himself the process, wanting out of... Doris Burke said this morning or last night that, you know, he's not 
bought in into the process. And that's, you know, it's kind of funny because like you said, he kind of coined that term or phrase. Yeah. Well, the process, like I, I feel like the process was more about an accumulation of talent rather than the construction of a, a championship roster. They've accumulated a, a decent level of talent, but it just, like you said, Eddie, it doesn't mesh at all. Right. So now it's a matter of figuring out, okay, who do we trade? Who, who do we move around? Who do we teach to do X, Y, and Z to make that roster actually work together? Because right now it's just not working right. Man. I, 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 like I said, I feel bad for Joel Embiid in the way that I would feel bad for a basketball player who's put in an unfortunate situation. Not a homeless man. I feel <laughs> exponentially worse for people who, who don't have a place to lay their head at night. So um, I just want to make that clear. <laughs> I mean, okay, let, let, let's put a knot in that topic. Julio, what's your like one noticeable thing that you've seen these playoffs? Uh, I tweeted about – I don't use Twitter a lot uh, anymore. <laughs> I, I only use Twitter now when I'm kind of emphatic uh, with my own tweets uh, about something. And that something today was the uh, Denver Nuggets damn near losing to the Utah Jazz by 40 freaking points. And, you know, going into the season, I, I thought the Utah Jazz would be like a sleeper team and they kind of disappointed me throughout the season. And as, you know, people who listen to the show know and, and you guys know, that I'm not a fan of the Denver Nuggets, like everybody, like people, you know, I, I don't know, uh, like media experts claim to be like they're this next and coming, uh, you know, team, like they're going to take over the NBA just because I, I don't know the, the they're led by Jokic and Jokic has such a bad attitude sometimes on the court that, you know, he makes faces and he does all these things. I think Jamal Murray's inconsistent. I think Gary Harris is inconsistent. They need a star, real star wing player. And even though, you know, I think all these things be- of them, I thought they were going to beat the Utah Jazz kind of handedly. And just the opposite has happened. They're down 2-1 in the series, and they look like they play with zero motivation at all. So they're actually worse than I thought th- they were. So um, I-, I think that's the big highlight, that this team is nowhere near, you know, all these people claim them to be. Or, or, you know, uh, elevate them to be. That, that's my big highlight. So I actually kind of want to add on to that because that's related to what my big takeaway is, is that what I've been noticing is that the energy level and the motivation level and just the general emotion, not just from Denver, but from a lot of teams, it's just not there. And you have to start wondering whether, you know, like not having fans, not having that consistent source of energy, right? Like just the monotony of like, going to the same hotel room, seeing the same court every day, like whether it's starting to get to them now, they've been in the bubble for more than a month. And like, it, it's kind of showing because we see so many blowout games, like Denver, the last two games, blowouts, right? Like Boston, the game before blowout. I mean, the Lakers game the other day, blowout, just so many blowout non-competitive games. Um, so that's, I mean, that's my big takeaway, just the, the general lack of intensity, even with but, the playoffs. But, but my thing is, uh, like, okay, when A, you know, with the no fans thing, I, I can maybe get the energy aspect from the fans. But, you know, when LeBron said that, I kind of, you know, come on, bro. that That's nowhere. And it just, just play. I mean, Man, it's, it's not an excuse. And then the second thing is uh, talking about energy levels. What about the energy to fly to all these places? All, all the flying on the airplanes that you have to do in a normal playoff yeah. setting, you don't have to do now. 
So your body's feeling better. Your body's more rested. Like, I mean, I, I feel like when I'm in a routine, that's just better for me. Yeah, I think um, I think it was down to, right, what, what are you doing this for? And it's really easy, right, when you have a source of motivation that's right there. You can look into a stadium and you look around and say, wow, look at all these people. They, they're either intensely wanting me to win this game or they're intensely against me to win this game, right? And that gives you a little bit of adrenaline, a little bit of those endorphins going for you now, right? Like I have that energy to go out there and perform. I was telling Eddie and some of my roommates today, I play better in front of people. I don't, you know, it's just the thing. It's like, you know, you have an audience, you want to perform for an audience. That's human nature, right? Some people shy away from it. Some people elevate their games to it. But when you don't have it, now that intangible is out of the, uh, out of the equation. And I remember there was, there was, um, there was news floating around before the bubble. I think it was about the Pacers that, you know, their situation might have been to just get in and get out and make sure everybody's healthy. I'm not sure that's how it actually played out. But um, I remember, Eddie, you expressed concerns to me that that might be the sentiments of a lot of teams, right? Just let's get in and out of here. We're not going to compete for a championship anyway. Let's just make sure everybody's okay. I'm not sure if that's the mentality of any teams, but you can probably see it in a lot of players, right? There's dudes who definitely have their minds elsewhere right now, reasonably so, right? Like there's re- there's a lot of things going on in the world to think about right now. So I can understand why a lot of players might just be thinking, you know, maybe this isn't the most important thing to me right now. But that's why I kept on saying, man, the teams who want it the most, they're going to be the ones successful in the bubble. Again, the Miami Heat, I believe that the Lakers very much want it. It's just a matter of, you know, whether their shooting's on that day. Um, the Clippers, I think they want it, but for different reasons. They almost want to, like, shove it to everyone else who, you know, doubted them for all these years. I'm not sure what the Clippers' motivation is. Damian Lillard and the Trailblazers. Those teams, like, really wanted it. The Suns. The more you want it, the more successful you're going to be throughout this playoff run. So, um, like I said, man, whoever wants it the most, I think it's out there for the take. Well, hopefully this all kind of goes away once, uh, if that's true, once. How many How many people, how many family members can players invite after the first round? I thought it was four. Yeah, yeah. that sounds like the right number. And, and, they can, and, and they can come to games too, like one, one one person from your family, right? Hopefully a little bit of that, you know, goes away. But what do you guys think of, of the Nuggets and their performances? And I guess my take. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's two things happening here is that, one, they don't have any perimeter defender stopper to speak of because Gary Harris and Will Barton are out. And they're both pretty good defenders, like very good defenders. Because, I mean, Michael Porter Jr. can't move his feet. Jamal Murray can hang in there with some players, but not against guys like Donovan Mitchell. Um, and really, Jokic just, to your point, again, it's like he's playing like he really doesn't care. And that's just such a huge aspect of his game. If he's engaged, he can drop like a 30-point triple-double game in, game out, like we saw last year in the playoffs. But um, for some reason, the team looked totally disengaged. Um, I'm not sure whether it's because of injuries or not enough reps or, or whatever it may be, but... I mean, they, they do need to quickly turn around because they looked nice in game one, and I thought they'd ride that momentum, but it hasn't happened like that. You know, I wonder whether or not it's not even about Jokic's engagement within the game. But, you know, we always talk about Rudy Gobert as a dude who you can neutralize by saying, okay, if I put a small ball lineup in and I have a guy who can shoot, I take Rudy Gobert out of the paint. Now he's not as effective. Jokic doesn't really play on the perimeter like that. He plays in the post, so you get to keep Rudy go 
Gobert down there, which makes your defense extremely good, right? Um, so I, I think that might be another reason why the, the Jazz are playing so well. Mike Conley had a very good game. He had that um, the new father energy about him, right? You have a son, you go back, you had to drop a 30. You start to pick things up, too. Um, with Bogdanovich out, you kind of freeze up a little bit more offensive space for him. Um, so, yeah, I definitely – I think the Jazz, I didn't – they were the only team in the West, really. When I looked from one to eight, they were the only team that I was like, this team doesn't really have a shot. I, I don't – like, this team, they were just boring to me. Um, but they're playing really, really good basketball right now. Jokic – or, excuse me. Gobert included. I just wonder, right? Who would they be playing in the next round if they won? Uh, Clippers. They play and Clippers. I, and Clippers. And I said this in my tweet. As a Lakers fan, I want the Nuggets to win because I think they'd, you know, put up a bigger challenge for the Clippers. So I, I don't want the Jazz to win, but you know, right? Because the they play the Clippers, the Clippers are going to sub into Michael Green at the five now because Rudy Gobert is in effect. So. Hmm. Yeah, it, I don't see them getting past the first round, but they are playing a hell of a uh, uh, they're playing a hell of a game against the Nuggets. All right. Also, oh, you, you you guys still have the Nuggets? I still have the Nuggets. Yeah, it's just like um, it, it's hard to see them not pulling the series out. Yeah. Even though it looks very bleak right now, but let's let's move on to just talking about the the entire playoff picture at large. Um, let's start with the teams that are. Uh, or let's start with the series that are extremely lopsided right now. Um, that would be like 2-0 and 3-0 and series. So the Rockets are up 2-0 and on OKC. Miami is up 2-0 and on Indiana. Boston's up 3-0 and on Philadelphia. Toronto's up 3-0 and on Brooklyn. Um, out of these series, which one do you guys think is most likely to end up going, let's say, six games or be a close series or none of them at all? It's hard to not say OKC. Like, that's the, that's the low-hanging fruit, right? Because... OKC is one of those teams that plays very well in clutch games. Houston's one of those teams where their shooting's been on, right? Just like that, it could flip off. And now they have a streak of very bad games. So OKC is kind of a little hanging fruit there. That's why I talked first because I wanted to grab it. I'll leave that to the rest of y'all. Well, I actually want to address that because the Rockets went like 0 for like 20 on threes in like the middle of game two. And yet they still pulled it out because their defense looks really impressive right now between Tucker and Covington. And I'm even Harden, too. Um, like, they're really engaged on defense. Eric Gordon's come back, and uh, he looks healthy, which is, you know, a huge boost for them. Just adds another uh, piece to their lineup. I mean, I know, Julio, you've been saying that the Rockets are scary. I've always said the Rockets are scary. And, I mean, they're really looking the part. Um, how about you, Julio? Yeah, I, I mean, to that point, I really hope Russell Westbrook can come back healthy and soon. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I would say that series as well. The, I mean, the second series that comes to mind would be the Indiana Pacers up against the Miami Heat, just because the Miami Heat isn't that team to, you know, they're not like the Warriors that, you know, their offense is going to completely blow you out, out of the water in, in games. Uh, so typically, you know, those games, you, you can expect them to be low scoring and, and defense heavy and just grit and grind type game. So I would say that game, that series, I mean, but I still see the Miami Heat beating them in five or six. Hmm. See, that's funny because uh, people who tuned into the last episode know that I had Indiana in seven for this series. And I mean, I'm not sure I feel so confident about that prediction right now, but still something tells me because the first two games weren't terribly, um, you know, lopsided in that series that Indiana can still take maybe two games from this series. Um, we've seen like an Oladipo that, you know, maybe looks like 60% of his normal self right now. 
And, um, I mean, Indiana, like, Brogdon has not shot very well from the series. There's still room for them to improve, and um, wouldn't surprise me to see them take this to six or seven games. All right, so how about the other series that are somewhat more even right now? Uh, surprisingly, the Lakers and Blazers, the Bucks and Magic, um, Clippers, not, not Mavericks. Surprisingly, not surprisingly at all. There's some people who saw that coming. Okay. I'm just saying. I'll throw it out there again. I still have the Lakers in five. Anyway, I mean, unless you guys want to talk more about the Lakers game, I was going to pose the question, which series are you guys going to be paying most attention to in terms of, like, how close the matchup is going to be? Hmm. Shoot. Uh, n- name the series again really quickly. It's Lakers, Blazers, uh, uh, Clippers, Mavericks, Bucks, Magic, and uh, Nuggets, Jazz. Uh, ooh. I can go Nuggets, Jazz, or Cl- Clippers, Mavs. The way Luka's been playing, man, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I love Luka, but I didn't think he'd pop off this much in this series with all those uh, perimeter defenders that they have. But, man, they've really performed well. And, and you know, all, all over Twitter, you saw, you know, the Mavericks should be up 2-0 in this series if, you know, KP wasn't uh, kicked out of game one. But they're really putting up a challenge. And when, when you look at their – especially their uh, their role players, they're playing like they have nothing to lose. Like they want to attack, attack, attack the Clippers team. Tim Hardaway Jr., Seth Curry's playing nice. Uh, uh, um, what's the point guard? What's the point guard? Trey Burke. Trey Burke, Trey Burke is playing hard. I, I mean, Boban got the little shimmy shimmy going on with the soft touch. I mean, they're really, really playing like a really great cohesive unit. It, it's unfortunate that, you know, they don't have Dwight Powell. I'm going to agree with you, Julio, but I'm going to do it for a different reason because you're, you're, you're paying attention to like what the Mavericks are doing. I'm paying attention to what the Clippers aren't aren't doing, man. Mm. And you brought it up earlier that, that Paul George is a guy that kind of frustrates you. I'm starting to see what you're talking about, man, because he had the audacity to go on Instagram and post something like, why are folks talking about me? Why Why are y'all even thinking about me? And the first thing that came to my mind, right, weren't you just talking crap about uh, Damian Little like just a couple of weeks ago, like two seconds ago, you were just had this other dude on your mind, like, why am I on y'all mind? Like, Somehow he's above, right? He's above people talking trash to him or about him when he puts up a dud, right? But he can go ahead and talk trash to uh, Damian Lillard. Come on now. He's so flaky. He's so flaky. Like, if we're going to at least let's have the same energy for it, if you can dish it, you got to be able to take it too, man. Come on now. Like, that, that's Start. the first thing. I, that just that was, a, that was a really weak move to me. Star players get criticism. It's, it's life in our world so just like and star players get criticism from who fans analysts da, da, da. if anything right the players are supposed to be the ones that have this you know because they understand more than anyone else what they're going through right but he wanted to talk trash to damian lillard yeah. so when you have like a freaking you know skip bayless or kendrick perkins whoever talking trash about you on first take or something that's what you choose to say this is where the line needs to be drawn come on now if we're going to be about, and that's why I keep saying the Clippers always, we're this tough, rough team. We're going to be gritty, da 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 da. They really weak in the middle, man. <laughs> they got some, they got some twinky in them. You know what I mean? They, they seem to be a little bit soft. They seem to have some chinks in that armor. They seem to put up a very brave front that's like a facade, man. It's a facade. Mm, good point. I mean, Paul George always has some, let's say, questionable tendencies. You know, playoff P, pandemic P, whatever. And he didn't come to the Lakers. <laughs> Just throw that out there. Man. All right. 
Well, let's let's finish up with this. Um, the lottery happened yesterday. Uh, not terribly surprising re- results, I guess. I mean, Minnesota number one, the Warriors number two. That's the notable top two. Um, who's three against Charlotte? That was a little surprising. Chicago at four. Um, New York, you know, does some New York things again. Drops down to exactly. eight. Exactly. That that that's the first thing I checked because I wasn't able to watch, you know, the lo- the lottery. Uh, but that's the first thing I checked. Where are the Knicks? And they were eighth. And I laughed. This will be really interesting because some of the top teams, so like especially Minnesota and Golden State with the one and two, might be looking to, you know, wheel and deal those picks a little bit, throw it out as bait for like a a proven top player or maybe trade down some of these picks. Um, The draft is not going to happen until it seems like after October now. So that'll be really interesting. Um, uh, Anything significant pop out to you guys? Yeah, I mean, you brought up a, a trade, Eddie. Uh, you can describe it. That that sounded really, really uh, interesting for the Golden State Warriors. Are you talking about between the Warriors and the Knicks that I was thinking? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, because so the Knicks are eight, obviously, and it seems like the Knicks really want LaMelo Ball. Um, the Warriors don't really need to have the number two pick. So if they can dangle that out to New York, have them, you know, trade up for number two and give up their other first rounder that they got from the Clippers this year. I think that's number 27. That gives the Warriors, you know, number eight and number 27. And who knows, maybe New York throws in another future asset. Um, but essentially, it's really what the Warriors need because they don't need any stars. They just need good depth pieces, good young pieces, you know, that are skilled. Um, that can and who would, you, who would you trade for on their roster? On the Knicks roster? Yeah, I mean, yeah, who's... I mean, you don't even really need a player. If anyone like Reggie Bullock... If, if you want to, like, you know, get a shooter or something. Bullock, trust us. Trust us as Lakers fans. You don't want Reggie Bullock. No, we're not, Unless we're, he just remembered how to shoot again. We're not, yeah, we're not, we're like, not the yeah, Lakers. We're not um, the Lakers. But, yeah, in the – I guess in the on the topic of trades, I think something that just came to my mind, I, I, I don't know if it would be possible, but, you know, with the Minnesota Timberwolves, you said they were the number one pick, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could easily – I don't know, in my mind, you could easily make a trade for Bradley Beal with a number one pick. I Because I feel like that's say, what they need. I was going to say that I've seen this thrown around Twitter a lot, but dangling the number one to Philadelphia for Ben Simmons, and then you pair D'Lo, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, and Simmons. And that, to me, sounds like a really that sound, magnificent yeah. trio. Yeah, that sounds very, yeah. It sounds like that trio would, or I, I can see it in my mind that it would work well. On this note of Ben Simmons, another thing that I saw thrown around on Twitter was, and I had this debate with you, Eddie, so I want to flip it to you, Julio. If you're the Chicago Bulls, right, and you had the opportunity to say, we're going to send you Lori Markinen, we're going to send you Kobe White, we're going to send you Zach Levine, and this fourth overall pick, you give us Ben Simmons and say like a future asset or, or another Whoa, 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 that's too much. That's, that's too much. That's, that's, that's too much. I don't know, man. I don't Laurie know. Mar- Laurie Markkinen, and I'm not, you know, one of those that that's huge on him, but I think, he, you know, he's pretty good. Plus Zach Levine, plus Kobe White, plus a future asset for Ben Simmons. No, current asset, the um, the, the fourth pick. And the fourth pick? Yeah, it's the fourth pick, Zach Levine, uh, Laurie Markkinen, and Kobe White. For Ben Simmons and like a future first or another player or something like that. I can see it if you're – I can maybe see it if you take out a piece and you're building towards the future. Like take out a piece of that trade and you're looking towards the future 
with like you, you know you're trying to build kind of what the Milwaukee Bucks have uh, in in uh, you know with Giannis and shooters around him and try to rebuild that with Ben Simmons, but that's a lot that that package right there. It's a lot, but my thinking is right. You have all these players who had ups and downs last season, with the exception of Zach Levine, he proved himself right. Um, but when you have a guy like Ben Simmons, who I think is a uh, perennial all-star, one of the best defensive players in the league, immediately going to be a guy that you can probably build a championship team around. I think you go get that guy when you have the opportunity. Because you don't know if any of those – you don't know if that four pick is going to be that dude. You don't know if Markin is going to be that dude. You don't know if Kobe White. You don't know if Zach Levine is going to be that dude. I think Ben Simmons is a guy that you can win and build a championship team around. And if you have an opportunity to do that – you go make it happen in my mind. Well, I, I am with you that, you know, there is no future. You, you guys know how pessimistic I am with <laughs> teams that have a lot of great pieces. Yes. All these teams have a lot of great pieces. And yet, what amounts What amounts to it? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. So, you know, with the Chicago Bulls, I do see your point in just go get a star. I mean, nothing's going to happen with this team. Absolutely not. You're not going to make the playoffs next year. Uh, I, I'm glad you fired your coach. Like, that's – you know, past due, but I do see your point in, you know, maybe going in an all out package for a star player like Ben Simmons. And sometimes you got to overpay for, you know, a star player like that. Um, so I, I, I can see it. I, I would just be still, you know, kind of agreed with me. All right. Um, we can get more into the uh, trade and draft and all that talk once, obviously, the playoffs are over, but. That'll probably unfold as the playoff action unfolds. Um, that'll do it for this episode of Hoop and Holler. As always, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SQR1Media and SQR1Hoops if you want a Hoop and Holler specific social media um, experience. Um, again, for Reagan Griffin Jr. and Julio Martinez, I've been Eddie Sun. We'll see you next time. This has been the Hoop and Holler podcast.